Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First as we today celebrate our United Methodist Connection. To those that are watching online, we welcome you as well. At this time, we invite you to find a candle in your home and light it to acknowledge that God is with you there as God is with us here. Let us join together in a responsive sharing of our call to worship. Let praise to God resound in the heavens. Let praise to God fill the earth. Let all God's angels offer praise and rejoicing. Let all God's creatures sing praise and joy. Open your hearts and spirits today. Amen. Let us stand together as we join in singing Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
Let us pray. Lord, you are the one that gathers. You bring us community. You connect us. Today we'll remember that you gathered for a breakfast. Remind us once again of our connection. We know our heritage is not so much our unity in beliefs as it is being pulled together by our passion for the love and grace of Jesus Christ. John Wesley led that movement so long ago, and it continues to encourage us to focus on that which is essential, that which is the main thing. May your spirit pull us together today. May we go forth as a people united by your love, forgiveness, and grace. Amen. You may be seated.
Amen. What a workout that song was, huh? <laughs> Nicely done. Beautiful. Beautiful. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Noblesville First and also our distinguished guests here as well. We'd like to uh, say a few thoughts and share some concerns with you this morning. For all of our friends and families here and abroad, suffering through physical, emotional, spiritual, or any other challenges of war within themselves or by their surroundings, please keep them all in prayer for God's protection, strength, comfort, and peace. We extend our sincerest condolences and prayers to Bruce Cox and the family and friends of Susan Sue Elizabeth Cox, who passed away on May 12th at Riverview Hospital. A celebration of life will be offered here at the church on a near date to be determined soon. Please also lift up Joanna Linville and her family as her brother, Dale E. Linville, passed away in Clemson, South Carolina on May 13th. Dale is also the uncle of Jessica Linville Jones. We also share celebrations of joy with Verona Cook, who is home from the hospital and doing very well as she continues to recovery from her fall. Verona is blessed by your prayers and a wonderful family. She is accepting visits, however, only from family members at this time.
Please join me in a call to prayer. God of love and life, you filled this world with the wonders of your creation. We thank you for spring sunshine and refreshing rain, for exploding colors and for all the signs of new life around us. We join with all creation in praising you, and we ask that you grant us the hope of new life that we see in nature. Help us to grow into your image so we may reflect your glory and be your light in this world you love. This we pray in the name of our risen Lord, the source of our life and of our hope. Amen. Now please join us in a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart. Then I'll follow with a pastoral prayer and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Divine Father, mighty Lord Jesus, and most Holy Spirit, we long to absorb your words of truth, Father, to fill our hearts beyond overflowing. Consume us by the peace of most Holy Spirit until we dwell within your sacred and holy presence. Oh, Jesus, Time and again, we go astray. We fish on the wrong side of the boat. But you, you gently guide us to the other side, the better way, your way, sweet Lord, as you told us long ago, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And you never keep score of how many times we miss the target, Jesus. You forgive us and love us as a miracle and as a mess. We mean no harm, God. If only we could get it right. Lord, we want to please you and to share your good news with everyone else. It's a love much too great to keep for ourselves. It must be shared. Show us how, Father, please. Show us how. Thank you, God, for loving us as you do. All glory belongs to you, Emmanuel, our rock and our redeemer. And thank you for teaching us the Lord's Prayer that we gratefully 
and humbly say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, my name is David Meets, and I am the chairperson of the new Pipe Organ Committee. Welcome again, Bishop, glad to have you here. I've been asked to give an update on what's going on with our pipe organ. So I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to make a field trip to um, the Reynolds Pipe Organ uh, facility in Marion, Indiana. Jane accompanied me up there. They are fabricating the tow boards for the pipe organ's wind chest. These tow boards with the wind chest are the most critical mechanical part of the pipe organ. The tow boards are what the pipes sit in to hold them in place to the wind chest. Shown here are two tow boards with different sized holes for different sized pipes. The one on the right for the small pipes could hold as many as 427 pipes on that one tow board. Also attached to the wind chest will be one electromagnetic valve for each of the pipes situated on that wind chest. So there'll be over 2,000 for all of these pipes. Their activation depends on which key is pressed and which stops are pulled. This is the voicing room where the voicing of the pipes actually take place. The one on the left is for the larger pipes and the one on the right for smaller pipes. Pipes range in size from as small as a pencil to as large as 32 feet tall. This is Thaddeus Reynolds. Notice the look of hopelessness on his face <laughs> as he tries to explain to me the details of pipe voicing. Voicing of the pipes is a meticulous task. Pipes are voiced before they leave the factory where they're made. They are uh, voiced again when they get to the Reynolds facility and then they will be voiced again after they're installed here in our church. Then all 2,000 pipes need to go through a tuning process, usually more than once, as they acclimate to their new environment. Here you can see a variety of pipes waiting to be voiced. The small tip in the pipe is called the toe and is what sits in the holes of the toe board. It's also where the wind enters the pipe as controlled by the electromagnetic valves seen previously. 
The opening in the large pipe is called the mouth and is responsible for the voice of that particular pipe. So just a couple other things here uh, before we switch to the finance of the project. Thaddeus Reynolds doesn't believe there are really any showstoppers in the supply chain at this particular time. However, with COVID and the Ukrainian situation still out there, uh, there are still concerns. Work has begun on fab fabricating the new pipe organ console and electro, uh, electronic control system. Uh, they are scheduled for completion early fall. Installation is scheduled to begin right after our Christmas services and will be completed the spring of 2023. Now let's talk finances. I'm going to ask you just to play along with me here, okay? So when I say a number like I'll say give me a five, then you say five. You got that? Okay, I'm going to ask the choir to help us out, though, and they're going to do it like in mezzo forte, so they're going to be strong. So here we go. Give me a five. Five. Give me a four. Four. Give me a zero. Zero. Give me another five. Five. How about a six? Six. Give me a two. Two. What does that spell? That spells $540,562. What does that spell? Well, that spells the pledges and donations in the pipe organ fund since we began fundraising this time one year ago. Well, what else does it spell? Well, it spells only $25,000 is remaining to achieve 100% of the pipe organ fundraising goal. Give yourselves a hand. And we also include God in that applause. So <clears throat> let's actually now pull out all the stops on this project by pulling out that last $25,000 stop. If you haven't pledged or donated and can afford to do so in 2022 or even the first half of 2023, please consider doing so. All amounts are welcome. If you pledged or donated in 2021 but think you could do a little bit more, please consider doing so for 2022 and the first half in 2022. Help us achieve the remaining $25,000 so we can close the door on pipe organ fund. Here's how to do it. For checks, you make the check out to the church and you put organ fund on the memo line. You drop it off the office, mail it to Jeff. Um, also, there are pledge sheets that you can fill out. They'll be located in the office, but there are some out in the narthex following this service. And finally, online at www.noblesvillefirst.com, there's a Give tab on the, on the main page. So you click on that, follow the instructions, and just make sure that you select Organ Fund on the drop-down menu so it goes to the Organ Fund. Excuse me. Um, the success of the Pipe Organ Fund is, to me, present-day proof that with God, nothing is impossible. Thank you for your support. Let's finish this strong. Thank you. I remember when the Oregon team brought to our administrative board their proposal, and so we decided, well, do your silent phase, come back and talk to us when you've got half of it raised. We thought, well, we won't hear from them for a while. One month later, they were back with half of it raised or pledged. So 
We need to also thank the leadership of the committee, but also Dr. Jeff Wright and David Meets for an incredible leadership on this. You could do some fundraising workshops and make a little money on the side, Dave. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I have a few other announcements to bring to your attention. First of all, Family Promise of Hamilton County. Nancy Ramsey, one of ours, is the executive director of this ministry. That's a fairly fledging ministry that's been hit by COVID. They have yet to bring back into the churches where we host homeless families, but they're still working very directly with many families that are in these challenging situations and trying to find home. And right now their greatest need is, is because of the rising fuel cost, getting gas to get to work so they can keep self-sufficient. So if you could help us out by buying some gas or restaurant gift cards, bring them to the church office, we'll get them to Nancy and make sure that she can continue that very important work. Next Sunday is graduation Sunday. At the 945 service, we're going to recognize all graduates. We're still looking for names of any high school or college graduate. If you've not turned in those names yet, please get those in very quickly. We want to make sure that we acknowledge and recognize them well. In addition, next Sunday, at our 11 o'clock service, we'll be combining with Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church here in Noblesville out at the Teeter Outdoor Worship Area. We'll be worshiping together. Pastor Mindy Mays and I will be sharing a message Our praise band will lead the worship, and it also happens to be the last Sunday that the choir will be singing. So I give you special permission, if you really want to go to more than one worship service next Sunday, that is okay. (laughs) We have a lot to celebrate. Celebrate a relationship with Bethel AME as we continue that important work. Celebrate our choir, celebrate our graduates all on the same Sunday. So please uh, make note of that. Then the following week is the shift to our new summer schedule. It's a lot like our old schedule used to be. It'll be 8.15 out at Teeter Outdoor Worship, 9.45 traditional worship here in the sanctuary, and 11 o'clock worship, contemporary worship in Celebration Hall. That'll start Memorial Day weekend, May 29th, and go through the summer, and then that schedule will be revisited in the fall. As always, please utilize the Next Steps graphic. That's the best way, the simplest way to go find out what's going on in the week to come and down the road. And also, uh, please make sure you take note, if you happen to be new today, find Pam Kaplinger, our hospitality coordinator. Uh, After the service, she'll have a free gift for you and help get you connected to our vital ministries here at Noblesville First. Please be sure to utilize your connection card. You'll see there's very important ways that you can serve and connect with the congregation, a place to put your prayer requests, and also it's how we can uh, make sure that we follow up and welcome you to this faith community. As we enter our offering time, please note that you can share your financial gifts here in person. If you're watching online, go to the website or use our Noblesville First app and you can give in all those various ways to make sure that the ongoing ministries here at Noblesville First can continue. I invite you now to join with me as we pray for the blessing of these tithes and offerings that we share now at this time. Let us pray. Generous and giving God, we offer these gifts this day as those who have received so much more. You gave yourself to us, and we asked only for devotion. Yet we got distracted by the world. You offered all of creation to meet our needs for food and shelter, and yet we decided we wanted more. 
You offered your love to all, yet we decided some were more worthy and valuable than others. So you gave us the repentance that leads to life. And all of our giving pales in comparison. Dedicate us, we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.
please be seated. I share with you from the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John, a post-resurrection appearance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Later, Jesus himself appeared again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and this is how it happened. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter told them, I'm going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. And they set out on a boat, but throughout the night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. And Jesus called them, children, have you caught anything to eat? And they answered him, no. He said, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did. And there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself, for he was naked and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they weren't far from shore only about 100 yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. And Simon Peter got up and pulled the net to shore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. Yet the net hadn't torn, even with so many fish. And Jesus said to them, come, and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. At our 8.30 service, we had the privilege of having our conference superintendent, Sunita Mako, Introduce the bishop, but he has a responsibility at another Methodist congregation in our district, so I get that privilege. The bishop of the United Methodist Church, some of you may not be from our tradition and not know exactly what does a bishop do. Well, he is a servant leader with general oversight and supervision of the life of the church and the annual conference. As a follower of Jesus Christ, our bishop guards faith, order, liturgy, doctrine, and and discipline of the church. A missional leader with a vital spirit for mission, social justice, and making disciples of Jesus Christ, Bishop Julius C. Trimble leads the Indiana Conference of the United Methodist Church with a heart of discipleship, commitment to leadership development, stewardship, ministry with the poor, church development, and passionate worship. Bishop Trimble is a native of Chicago and a graduate of Illinois State University. He earned his Master of Divinity degree from Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary in Chicago, Illinois. Got his Doctor of Ministry degree from Ashland Theological Seminary in Ohio. During his ministry, Trimble served churches in the Cleveland area as a superintendent of the Cleveland district, and he served, later served as the assistant to the bishop to Bishop Jonathan Keaton from 2003 to 2008. As a general superintendent of the church, 
His title is Bishop. He continues to promote faith-based responses to domestic violence, as well as encourages the establishment of mental health ministries at the local church and conference level. He's written a book in 2015, A Faithful Church and a Healthy World, Reflection and Poems. He's quite the writer of poems, very good poems. Bishop Trimble married First Lady Rosselder Granberry Trimble, who is a professional counselor and a graduate of a great seminary, which only accepts the best and puts out the best, Methodist Theological School in Ohio. I, I just happened to have gone there, Bishop. <laughs> and Bishop Trimble and First Lady have three adult children, Cameron, Candace, and Julius Thomas. Bishop Trimble's personal mission statement is, to encourage all people with the love of Jesus Christ to rise to their highest potential. And he loves that phrase, be encouraged, be encouraged. Can I hear a yes? yes? I just love that inspiration from the organ. Uh, I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Jerry and a representative of the laity to come forward and receive the bishop's blessing, one of the traditions in the United Methodist Church in Indiana is when a resident bishop has an opportunity to worship in a local congregation. Uh, this precedes this long, was going on long before I, I came in 2016. The bishop brings a prayer blessing for that congregation at that worship service. So if you would just be in a spirit of prayer, keep your eyes open, but your hearts also open as we pray. Oh God, we thank you for the ministry of Noblesville First United Methodist Church, as your people gather to worship you. We thank you for all the pastors, lay leaders, and members who have made this day possible. And now I ask your richest blessings upon Reverend Jerry Reardon, Reverend Jill Moffitt, the staff and leadership, and upon all who are part of this congregation, particularly those whose lives are touched by its ministry. Keep them faithful to you, O God. Bless them with faith, strength, courage, and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bishop Julius C. Trimble, May 15, 2022. Give God a hand praise in, in Noblesville as well. I'm so happy to be with you and to worship with you this morning. Every time we gather in the name of Jesus Christ to worship, it's a unique and unrepeatable moment of God. So we give thanks to God for this moment. I remember the day it happened a number of years ago at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa. It was in the sanctuary of Grace United Methodist Church following a lecture on church history. And I met Derek, Derek, who is from West Africa, Ghana, introduced himself to me. At the time, he was serving as a science researcher in Sioux City, Iowa, but was considering ministry in the United Methodist Church. He grew up a Methodist in Ghana and wanted to know more about the Methodist Church. And he told me that when he first came to the United States, he was in the airport sitting alone, reading his Bible, and someone came up to him and asked him what he was doing. And Derek responded, I am having my breakfast. I am having my breakfast. And they, they inquired, they said, well, it looks like you're reading. He said, yes, I'm reading my Bible. I am having my breakfast. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. 
I am having my breakfast. I'm feasting on the Word of God, the life that comes from knowing God and receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm having my breakfast. You would not believe, you would be surprised to know that I've been a bishop over 14 years now, a pastor for 40 years in the United Methodist Church. And people often ask uh, Pastor Jerry, what do bishops do? I give them the shorthand version. I say, pastors pray for you in the congregation. Bishops are responsible for praying for all of the pastors who are under their care. So my wife and I, on a regular basis, we pray for all of the pastors. There are over 1,000 United Methodist churches in the state of Indiana. Every county in the state of Indiana has at least one United Methodist church. You would be surprised, though, in, over the course of 14 years as a bishop, every now and then I get a letter of a person complaining about the pastor they have received. Never from Noblesville. <laughs> not from Hamilton County. Not, not from Hamilton County uh, or, or, greater, or, or greater Noblesville. <laughs> but every now and then, I'm, I mean a few times, I mean less than 10 times over the course of 14 years I get a letter someone complaining that their pastor uh, is not a good match for that church and that's always a possibility and sometimes in their letter they they talk about not being spiritually fed uh, in church and every now when I whenever I get that letter now I think about Derek from Ghana who says every morning when he gets up he opens his Bible and he reads the Word of God, and he prays and meditates. He, he feasts on the Word of God before he goes to church. And I said, I wish I would have known that years ago. I could have written back to some of those persons and said, if you would just have an early breakfast, maybe church would go better for you. Amen, amen. Pastor Jerry, I forgot to ask how long I could preach. Um, I remember there was a church I went to. This is some years ago. This is a true story. I turned to the pastor and said, how long can I preach? And they said, uh, Bishop, you can preach as long as you want, but the people will leave at 11 o'clock. So <laughs> I'm a breakfast person. I don't know about you. I'm a breakfast person. I, I preach the same sermon at 830, and I think some of the people were, the, the, the people were already preparing to leave for breakfast. So, so I, I, I am a breakfast person. Our children all, are now all grown now, but they grew up with their dad making breakfast. My wife was working, and she was responsible for many more things than I was, but one of my main responsibilities and my love is to make breakfast. One of my joys today now is to make breakfast for our granddaughter, who will turn four this June, and we'll be in Virginia for a couple of weeks, and she'll be expecting her papa to make breakfast every morning. I want to say to you this morning that this passage in Scripture from the 21st chapter of John, some scholars say it's an epilogue to the Gospel of John, that at the end of the 20th chapter we really get the summation of what the Gospel is for. It is for that we might believe in God and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Christ who has been promised, and that we might have life and have it abundantly in Jesus Christ. But here in the 21st chapter, thanks be to God, we get an account of one of the many post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. You heard the reading with clarity. Jesus said to them, 
Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Simon Peter got up, pulled the net to shore. The Bible says it was full of large fish, 153 of them, yet the net had not torn, even with so many fish. Jesus says, come and have breakfast. Come and have breakfast. This is referred to as one of the many post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. Peter, the one who had denied Jesus, needs to be restored. And all of the disciples need to be reminded, as we do, of their mission and the one who will provide more than enough for the ministry that lies ahead. Jesus and his disciples, all members of the earliest Christian church, were Jews. The church began as a faction with Judaism. In fact, before they were called Christians, those who were followers of Christ were called people of the way, those who followed the way of Christ. And today, my friends, I say with so many changes, so much concern for the present and the future, John's gospel points to the primary importance of the incarnation of God. John, John says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and it goes on to say, and the Word became flesh in Jesus Christ and dwelt among us. The way for us today is to be followers of the faithful one, Jesus Christ. That which we believe, friends, about God, that which we teach about God, that which we proclaim about God, that is our theology. All that we say about Jesus Christ is our Savior, all that we teach about Christ, and the importance that we place in Christ in our lives and in the church, that is what we call our Christology. That which we attempt to live and to do by way of mission, by way of love, by way of acts of mercy and grace, the way in which we live out the ritual and worship, that is our ecclesiology, how we experience church in real time. The important in relationship of Jesus Christ cannot be overstated. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, through the writer of John, people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John's Gospel confirms what the author David Fields writes about United Methodism at its core. Our primary purpose is love. Our main business is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. But we cannot make disciples of Jesus Christ unless we have the love of Jesus Christ in our heart and are willing to share that love outside of our heart and our homes. The great catch of fish may forecast the greater work that will happen through those who will believe and those who will follow Jesus and become the church. Jesus' invitation to breakfast was more than an opportunity to believe. Friends, it was an invitation to belonging. To belonging. What people desperately want today is a sense of place where they can belong. The Last Supper before the crucifixion is an invitation to a covenant relationship. Jesus says, do this as often as you do this. When he breaks the bread and he shares the cup, 
But this is the first breakfast post-resurrection is a confirmation that we belong. Jesus says, come and have breakfast. In the message translation from Eugene Peterson, it says, breakfast is served. Rumor has it that the United Methodist Church has not only survived COVID-19, but is now experiencing some parts of our 12 million body across the globe where people are choosing other pathways for their Wesleyan or Methodist journey. I can tell you this for sure, that the United Methodist Church, as long as we keep the main thing the main thing, making disciples of Jesus Christ, God will be glorified. The church will be edified. Our mission will be magnified. And the lost and the hungry will be satisfied. David Field writes in his book, Our Purpose is Love, that there are three characteristics of the church that emerged in the early Methodist and Wesleyan traditions. And I believe they today represent the best of the church and the best of who we are in Noblesville and every other place we find ourselves. Number one, the church as covenant community. We covenant as followers of Jesus Christ to commit to the love that was demonstrated for us and to spread the grace. In fact, the church is to be an instrument of God's grace. The second thing, the church as a welcoming community. It is not good enough for us to put signs up that say welcome. We must, we must incorporate the spirit of welcome in all that we do as leaders and servant leaders, as seekers, as those who are looking for belonging in this community. And the church's missional community. I know the history of Noblesville first. I know about Teeter Farm. I know about what you've done in terms of responding to hunger in the state of Indiana. I know what you do in terms of supporting uh, the public schools and others who are seeking our support. Love is at the heart of our mission. Making disciples is our mission, dis mission statement. Making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of, of the world. But at the heart of that is love of God and love of neighbor. At this point in my life, friends, and this point in my ministry, I'm not interested in debating and arguing with others who wanted to tell me what is right. I'm more interested in doing what is right. I received the words of the late Rabbi Abraham Herschel, who said, when I was young, I was impressed by clever people. Now that I am older, I am impressed by kind people. I confess this morning, I will confess again, I refuse to put bumper stickers on the back of my car. Now, I'm not suggesting that if you have stickers all on the back of your car, I have anything against you. I have family members, including children in my family, that, that like to put stickers on the back. The only thing I have is a license plate frame that says Chicago Cubs. But I refuse, to, <laughs> I refuse to put bumper stickers on the back of my But But a year ago, I almost was tempted. And I saw on the back of someone's car that said, human kind, be both. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to walk alongside people at this point in life who are willing to build bridges to beloved community. And I believe that you're, 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 
you're prepared to continue to do that ministry here in Noblesville First United Methodist Church. Build bridges of hope and spiritual infrastructure with love. We are reminded, I was reminded again this year by your lead pastor, Pastor Jerry, who testified at the State House in support of educators, in support of recognizing that we can only have a society towards beloved community if we're willing to give space for people to learn. I respect the sacred worth of all people, and we are a church that does that. I want to partner with those who embrace the spiritual practice of prayer, those who are also willing to protest for equality and justice guided by the ethic of love. We need a church that is a welcoming church, a missional church, because people are hungry for belonging. The disciples who are called to be fishers of people pull all kinds of fish. And at this, this may, be a, may point to the fact that inclusiveness of the gospel is the church at its best. While John does not place much emphasis on the Last Supper, it places a lot of emphasis on the Last Breakfast. The Last Breakfast. Right after the, bre- right after the breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I've been with you all this time. Surely you know that I love you. Jesus does not say to Simon Peter, then apologize for all the wrong that you have done. Jesus does not say to Simon Peter, then double your tithe. Jesus does not say to Peter, then repent for all of the things you have done that I know about and that God knows about. Jesus says to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. If you love me, tend my lambs. The full Christian life is a blend of Jesus the healer and Jesus the prophet. As Sister Joan Chister says, spiritual presence and social transformation are both parts of our witness. There are always those who will be asking the question, what is expedient? But we who are in the church must always ask the question, what is right in the sight of Jesus? The hymn writer says, together we serve, united by love, inviting God's world to the glorious feast. We work and we pray through our sorrow and joy, extending your love to the last and the least. I am a United Methodist Christian, not because we all think alike, but I have covenanted to love alike, to welcome all people, to give ourselves in mission in the name of Jesus. I've got good news for you. God has a blessing with your name on it. In the name of Jesus, we pray that the wicked will cease from troubling, that the weary will find rest. In the name of Jesus, May the strong, the stranger find a friend. May we listen to the one who says to us, come and see Jesus. May we listen to the one who says, come and learn from me. May we listen to the one who says, come and rest. May we listen to the one who says, come and dine and have breakfast. In the name of Jesus Christ, God bless you to be a blessing to others. Amen.
Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, bless you, preserve you, abide with you as you go forth to share the love of Jesus Christ and invite others to come and have breakfast and belong to the family of God. Amen.